Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, go with me tonight, please, to Joshua chapter 3. We want to go into part 2 of what we ministered on this morning, vision. The, the, it, we're actually calling it the, uh, uh, the Night of Vision, Vision Sunday. And uh, at the end of the service, of course, we'll, we'll all come into agreement for those three elements uh, that we're uh, uh, putting down on our vision list for this year. Uh, obviously, the, the, the first one is, what do you want to give at the Night of Giving? And we will uh, get you those dates for when our Night of Giving is, which is, is a wonderful time of worship in the Lord. And uh, secondly, what do you want to pay off? All right, what do you want to pay off? Whether that's it, you know, what, what are you going to set your faith to, to get rid of this year? Uh, you know, it might be coming completely out of debt. It might be paying uh, something off, a couple things off, whatever it is. And then thirdly, a nice to have or a couple nice to haves, whatever that may entail. Uh, you know, I've, I've had people put down a vacation on this list. Uh, they've never been on a vacation and they put a vacation down. Uh, you know, it's, it's not just materially, but uh, we're, we want to agree with you on those and see it come to pass. Uh, in Joshua chapter 3 is where we began today, and verse 3, Joshua 3 and 3, we'll read through verse 4, and it says, they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. And there will be a space between you and it, about, a thousand, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near to it, that you may know the way by which you must go. Now, let me, let me say this. We're going to go on. But if he said, by following that, you'll know the way that you should go, then evidently they didn't know where to go. Right? And he said, for you've not passed this way heretofore. Or you've not passed this way since you've been in the land. Hallelujah. The Amplified Bible says you'll see the ark and know the way you need to go or you must go for you've not passed this way before. I made mention this morning that the people that he's dealing with are those that were born in the wilderness. All right, These, This is not the group that came out of Egypt. But they all died. You remember in Numbers chapter 13, Numbers chapter 14? He said that whole group is going to die. Because they all, remember they got up to the border of the promised land, they wouldn't go in. And they begin to complain about how Moses had brought them out in the wilderness to die. God had put up with that for all those years. And he said when they were at the border of the promised land, he said, Moses, you go tell them, as they have spoken in my ears, that's how it's going to happen. They will all die in the wilderness. And they had to reverse course and go back into the wilderness. And the Bible says, till that generation died off. And that now this is the children and the grandchildren of that generation. 
And all they knew their whole life was we camp, and when the pillar moves, we move. When the cloud moves, we move. When the fire moves, we move. They just followed the leading. Now, Joshua says, you need to keep your focus on the ark. And when it moves, you move and stay close because you've never been this way before. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? That there are things that God wants to take all of us into, 20, into, 20, into in 2023. We've never been there. Never been there. As a body. Amen. See, the reason the Lord told Pastor Michelle, the five things that he told her, one of the five things was he said, you're, you're going to have to know the leading of the Spirit on another level. The reason he wants us to walk in the Spirit is so we know God's will. If I don't walk in the Spirit, I can't know God's will. And, and I'll know God's will, I'll have a vision, and I'll see my future when I'm walking in the Spirit. We read the word of the Lord that he gave us for 2023. He said it was a year of turning and forward momentum. Amen. And I, w- I won't go through all of it. You, 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 you have it there. But some of, some of the high points. He said, things that seem to be stuck and unchanging will begin to turn. Now, now why is he telling us that? To give us a vision so I can know God's will. I don't know what may have been stuck or what may have been unmoving, but he said it's going to move this year. It's going to move this year. Oh, glory. He said, family members that appeared to want nothing to do with the things of God will begin to desire the reality of the Word that they see in believers' lives. And they'll turn from the darkness to the light, and the glory will be the Lord's. That's what he said is going to happen. Amen. They will turn. Say it out loud. They will turn from darkness to light, and the glory will be the Lord's. That's it. See, that's the vision. So this is what I'm seeing, not what they're doing. This is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing the vision. Is, is that right? Have, have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed, you know, if you've been married a long time, I don't know how many of y'all have been married a long time, but if you've been married a while, long time, the person you're married to, you really don't notice that they're aging. Well, you see them all the time, right? You know, I mean, you, you, you still think you're 25 till you look in the mirror. Oh, not quite. Amen. You see another vision. But here's my point. You, you see that person consistently. What if you're constantly keeping your eyes on the vision and, and not on the distraction? What they're doing is the distraction. This is what God wants to do. And the devil, the Lord woke me up one morning with these words. He said, the devil is always trying to seed your mind with thoughts. Always trying to seed your mind with thoughts. Because your mind is one of the most fertile grounds that you have. The Bible says that that the thoughts that God gives you is what will be established. Now, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting on my point. I want you to see this. 
He's trying to seed your mind with thoughts. Where you see how they're acting? They're not, they don't want to live for God. They don't love the Lord. Amen. He's seeding your mind with thoughts. What's the vision say? It says that they will turn from the darkness to the light. Say it out loud again. They will turn from the darkness to the light. And the glory will be the Lord's. And before you know it, your children and your grandchildren and all of them, Pookie and Ray Ray and all of them are going to be in church. Amen. Ramon, Pedro, Billy Bob, Jim Bob, Ray Bob. Amen. Because we got them all here. Black folk, Mexican folks, rednecks, got everybody. Even got some black rednecks. Kobe. Oh, no, not Kobe. Amen. He said things that seem to have been stagnant and unmoving will begin to flow and move. And it'll be a rapid movement. Not a little at a time. Not a little at a time. Rapid movement. Oh, glory. And notice, a rapid, quick movement that would, hear me, that'll bring sudden change and improvement into the lives of those that will believe. Rapid movement that will bring sudden change and improvement into the lives of those that will believe. So you go to bed with it this way, and you wake up and it's changed. Oh, but pastor, yeah, the axe head swam too. The iron swam. You understand? I think that my Bible and your Bible says, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Is that right or wrong? With God, nothing will be impossible. The enemy will say, can't change, can't change, can't change. God says, sudden change and improvement. Anything suddenly is like right now. Is that right? My God. Now, I'm just hitting the high points. Because we got more to get into. Mm. It said, the, the second to last paragraph, yet in the midst of the frustration and confusion in the world, the church will be flooded with light. And they will see a returning. A returning of those that walked away from God and His ways in pursuit of some other answer only to be left hopeless and defeated, they will return and God will restore their lives. There will also be seen a returning to the Word. As those who've walked away from the teaching of the Word and the movement of the Spirit find themselves empty and unfulfilled. Here's my part. Expect it, prepare for it, and see it. 2023, a year of turning and forward momentum. Hallelujah. Do you see that? God wants us to know His will, have a vision, and see our future. This is your future.
It's part of it. Amen. Look at Proverbs 19, 21. Proverbs 19 and 21. We read it this morning. But this will set the stage. Notice this. The Amplified Bible says, Many plans are in a man's mind, but it's the Lord's purpose for him that will stand. So, in anything that, that you're doing concerning vision, concerning the direction for your life, it's the Lord's purpose that will stand. God, so many people make their plans and ask God to bless their plans. They don't pursue God's plan that the blessing's already connected to. Every year I go to the Lord and I say, now Lord, this is what I would like to do. What do you say? Not just this is what I'm going to do. I'll have people come to me and say, Pastor, what's the plan this year? I don't know. I'm praying about it. Let, let's see. Because we, we got to get his plan. Why? Because notice what it says. Many plans are in a man's mind. But it's the Lord's purpose for that man that will stand. Is that right? Amen. The vision, the vision for a church originates with the head of the church. The book of Ephesians 1, 22 through 23 says that Jesus is the head of the church. It says that God seated him at his own right hand and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Is that right? So we're the local church. We're the body of Christ in Little Rock. We're the body of Christ in DeSoto. And we fulfill Jesus' vision as delivered to our pastor. Is that right? Notice these verses. I'll give them to you and you can, you can uh, read them when you get home. Exodus 25, 8 and 9. The Lord told Moses, he said, I want you to go down from the mountain and he said, I want you to make this tabernacle according to all that I will show you. Notice that God didn't show the tabernacle to a committee. He showed it to Moses. Right? He showed it to Moses. I'll show you. Now, that, now there were people that helped him and he had elders and we have elders. And, but here's the point. God's going to speak to somebody in the church about the vision for that church. And it should be the pastor. Is that right? He said, go and make it according to all that I show you. In uh, Exodus 38, 22, it says that Bezalel made all that the Lord commanded Moses. Bezalel made all that the Lord commanded Moses. Do you see that? And Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah made all that the Lord commanded Moses. So God told Moses something and Bezalel's making it happen. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? So, 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 you know, in our children's ministry, what are our children's workers doing? All that the Lord commanded Philip. Is that right? Amen. That's, that's so powerful. What's the worship doing? What's the worship team doing? All that the Lord commanded Philip. 
Oh, hallelujah. Exodus 39.1, talking about the garments of the priest, it says that the garments were made as the Lord commanded Moses. As the Lord commanded Moses. Do you see this? Exodus 39, 42 and 43. It says that Moses was inspecting everything to make sure it was as the Lord commanded. And Moses looked upon all the work and they had done it as the Lord had commanded. Even so had they done it and Moses blessed them. So in other words, Moses went and checked it out and he said, let me see, is this how the Lord told us to do it? And, and yes, it was. Amen. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 40, verse 33 through 34. Notice what happened when they finished the work. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The glory of the Lord Filled the tabernacle. Whew. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you see this? It, it says, then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. After what? After they had inspected and seen that everything was done the way that God wanted it to be done according to what he had shown Moses. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In uh, Leviticus chapter 8, verse 4, notice it says, Moses did as the Lord commanded him. Moses did as the Lord commanded him. The congregation came together. The assembly was, was brought together. Here's the point that I want you to see. The glory of God and the fire that marked God's pleasure with their offering came as a result of their obedience to the vision. This is what God said. Hallelujah. It came as a result of their obedience to the vision. You know, you can come to church and attend and not be a part of the vision, and what you do is you forfeit the blessing that comes from being a part of the vision. Amen. Amen. Yes, you know, it's as simple as this. I've had people come to church before, and they'll say, well, you know, I, uh, uh, they've come to church, but, you know, they want to send their tithe somewhere else. Well, you can tithe wherever you want. I mean, that's your business. It's your, it's, I mean, naturally speaking, it's your money. You can do whatever you want. It's not my place to tell anybody where to tithe. But here's the thing. When you tithe into a local church, you're saying, I am behind the vision. I believe this is where God placed me. And you're going to reap the benefit. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Now, what you don't see in any of these verses is, well, I think it ought to be this way. I think it'd work out better like this. Yeah, but this is what God said. Do, do you hear what I'm saying? I'm sorry that there are people out there that can't be trusted. But when I tell you God said something to me, it's because I believe in my heart of hearts God said it. I don't go around flipping those words around that God said and the Lord told me. 
God spoke to me. You, you understand? I'm not going to go to hell for nobody. You, you hear me? I live right. I'm going to live right. I'm going to live a clean life. Because the, 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 the Bible said you need to be holy as I am holy. In other words, you set yourself apart. God's saying, just like I'm set apart for your worship, I want you to be set apart for me. That's what it means. It doesn't mean that you're trying to attain to some level of holiness that God has. God's saying, I am your God. I have set myself apart to be your God, and I want you to set yourself apart to be my people. You be holy because I'm holy. You, you, you understand? And so here's, here's the point. When, when, when the leader says, this is what God said, our job is, I'm going to get behind that because this is what God's asking us to do. Amen. Where there, look at Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29 and 18. Where there is no God-given vision, people fail. Am I helping you? Hallelujah. I was talking to my wife on the way to church, and she was talking to me about the services there, and we were discussing our services. And, and uh, uh, she made it. I've always taught and ministered on vision. Ever since we've had the, the church for 25 years, a full-time ministry. I remember one time talking to a pastor. He was in my office, and... Uh, and he was telling me, he, you know, can I, can I brag on you all for a minute? Can you handle it? Okay. I want to make sure. DJ, can you handle it? Uh, I know you don't. I, 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 thank you. That was good. No, remember that. I don't mind. I don't mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, you know, ministers come to our church. I had, a, I had a minister and his wife at our church. They came to church with us on a Wednesday night. And uh, when, when we showed up, of course, the, the, the pastoral care team came out and, and helped with our stuff and, and uh, uh, helped Pastor Michelle and I get all the stuff we had and, and get in the room and, and, and in the building. And, and uh, the greeters were already there, and they opened the door and said, you know, welcome to Faith Builders. And, and we, 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 we were done after church, and we were eating, and, and, and the pastor's wife was, was telling her husband, telling us what she had said. She said, I told my husband Honey, we showed up and people were already there. The lights were already on. The church was clean. There were people helping them. The youth pastor was already there. You know, what, what, what I found out is, you know, when they go to their church, they gotta, they're the first ones there. They got to turn all the lights on. They got to make sure everything's clean. If anything happens, they have to do it. Here's, here's my point. Where there is no vision, why do you show up early on a Wednesday? Because you have the vision. Why, 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 we, we, we've got folks that come to Little Rock and spend all day Sunday in Little Rock to be at two services. Why? They got the vision. Are, are you following me? Hallelujah. So where was I at? I had this minister in my office. He was from western Kansas. Now, if you know anything about Kansas, western Kansas is nowheresville. Now, there's nothing out there but groundhogs. Amen. And Molson's. But, hallelujah. 
Jim is from a big metropolis called Newton, Kansas. I've been through Newton. If you sneeze, you'll miss it. Hallelujah. The town I was raised in in West Texas was Texline, Texas, population 387. No lie. Amen. And, uh, but the, the, the point is, he's from western Kansas, and, and he was a friend of mine, and he wanted to come see how we did things at our church. And, and he was asking me questions. How do you get people involved, and, and how do you do this? So many pastors think you got to get people involved, that it's something that you do, like you have some reward system that people will get involved. And I asked him a plan, an easy question. I said, how often do you talk about your vision? And he said, I don't know that I've ever talked about vision. I felt like the mechanic opening the hood and going, well, there's your problem. Let's hook that vision wire up and this thing will run good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Very run like a top. If people don't know where you're going, how can they get in there and pull with you? I was walking through the airport one time with my pastor, and I was asking him questions. And, and I'm, a, I'm a question asker. I'm not a big talker, but I'm a question asker. I know that when I'm preaching, that sounds funny, but I'm not a big talker. You and I can sit in a room together, and, and I'll say very little. But here's the point. I was asking him about, about ministry and, and about success and about these different things. And he said to me consistently, he said, he said I talked about vision in almost every message. I would mention the vision. How many, you listen, many of y'all went there. How many times did you hear him say, God has given VTN to be a window into the lives of people in central Arkansas? Is that right? A window into the things of God. How many times did you hear him say that? Channel 25 is a window for people to see the things of God. Oh, hallelujah. And he would relate the story about having 25 objections to putting that television tower up on the property. Right? And how he went to his office and he sat back and he said, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. And the Lord said, son, you have to do it. Right? What was he doing? Relating vision. Look, we put up the tower. We, we, got, we, got, the, we got the building built. We can do anything that God wants us to do. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do, do you see that? Vision. If, if God brought us from, number one, if God brought my wife in here from Kansas to Little Rock, a city that we had very little to do with ever other than coming here to be on television, isn't, isn't that interesting how God put two people from Kansas on television in Little Rock, Arkansas? That makes no sense. I had people tell me, that, and, and when we went on, in, uh, on VTN, when we were living in Kansas, remember, this was before YouTube. We've, we've been on VTN regularly for going on 13 years. There, there was no YouTube to speak of. There wasn't a lot of live streaming to speak of. So we're on TV in a state where nobody we know lives. Nobody from our church would watch it. And people looked at us like, why are you on TV in Arkansas? And the only thing we could say is, because God said. Amen. Well, little did we know that 
<laughs> a few short years later, the Lord would move us here. And now we've been here eight years. Started in the La Quinta. Many of y'all were there. Took some of y'all a while to show up. But you made it. You finally come to the party. Hallelujah. Amen. Do, do, do you remember that? I remember we, had, remember we had faith builders crusades. We had the faith builder crusade. And we had it there in the La Quinta. Saturday night and a Sunday morning. Amen. And people showed up. I'm looking around the room. And there's uh, men and women in here that were in that room. Eight years ago. And we just stayed with the La Quinta and just kept doing what God told us to do. And God kept saying, I'm going to give you a place of your own. I'm going to give you a place of your own. And we looked and we looked and we looked. And God gave us this place. Gave us great favor with the management. Now he's saying, look again. Well, here's what I'm going to ask you. I need you to catch the vision. If he told us to look while we were in the La Quinta and he gave us this, and he's asking us to look again, what's he got plans for? Our next place. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you believe that? So notice, where there's no vision, people fail. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. See, when people don't get plugged into the church, they're not hooked up to God's vision. Because God's vision is in the local church. And see, that therein lies the problem with people saying, well, I can watch from home, but you can't plug in from home. You can't serve God from home. Well, yes, I can. I'm just as saved at home as I am in church. Not a question of your salvation. It's a question of your serving. Coming to church is not serving. It's coming to church. Serving is getting plugged in. Amen. I, I ministered a series one time about being plugged in. All right, about activating your service for God. Amen. You know, you can plug a vacuum cleaner into a socket that has no electric in it, no electricity running to it, and you're not going to get anything out of the vacuum. But the moment you activate the electricity, you activate your gifts, you activate your callings, you activate your anointings. There are anointings that are lying dormant in people in Little Rock tonight because they've not hooked up to the local church. They're not plugged in and, it, and nothing's being activated. Amen. Woo! You get hooked up to God's vision. One translation says, where there is no vision, the people throw off restraint. Another says, when the, where there is no vision, the people get out of control. I like this one. Where there is no vision, people stumble all over themselves. You know, I hear that all the time. Well, my life was going nowhere until I came to this church. You didn't have a vision. You got a vision, you quit stumbling over yourself. Isn't that wonderful? 
A church with a vision keeps us running in the right direction. Keeps you going where you, where you, you should be going. Psalm 133, I won't take the time to read all of it, but it talks about the anointing. And it says that, 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 that the anointing, Psalm 133 verse 1, talks about the anointing. And he said it's like the ointment that flowed down the, 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 from the head of Aaron down the beard into the garments. So the anointing flows from the head but gains momentum as it goes through the body. The, the, the thing that you have to always remember is where is the anointing at its heaviest? In the body. Because it gathers in the body. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? So the anointing flows from the head but gains momentum as it goes through the body. That's with where the unity's at. It says how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And it says that unity is like the precious ointment that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard, and down into his garment. And then the next verse says, and it's there, that place of unity, that God has commanded the blessing. Oh, hallelujah. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, says they were all together in one accord. One accord, that's spiritual unity. The word accord is a Greek word that, that, that is a musical term, all right? It, it, it was used in, in Greek chorals that would go around and sing choir music. They were all in one chord. You ever heard a group of people singing and they were all in a different chord? Oh, Lord. Shut them on up. Shut them on up. <laughs> Amen. They weren't even making a joyful noise. One accord. They were all in one accord. You can't have one accord without unity of vision. Acts 2.42. Notice this. This is so interesting to me. Because notice what it says. It says they all continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Now there are people who say, well, I'm just not going to do what a man says. Huh. you got to be in somebody's doctrine. Is that right? I'm not, I'm not talking about just going after a man. But if what the man's teaching is from the Word of God, that's the doctrine you want to be in. But note, notice something. They were feeding on the same teaching and revelation. That is what maintains accurate vision. Feeding on the same teaching and revelation. That maintains accurate vision. You can listen to different people, but you should only be feeding from certain places. You can listen to different people, but you should only be feeding from certain places. I've had people over the years ask me, they say, Do, have you ever listened to this guy? No. Well, why not? I don't see no reason to. This is who I listen to. I had a guy look at me one time. He said, who do you listen to? I said, my pastor and Brother Hagin. Well, who else? My pastor and Brother Hagin. Well, don't you like other people? It has nothing to do with do I like them or do I not like them. 
this is, this is where God told me to feed. My, the Lord told me to follow my pastor's faith. Well, I can't follow his faith outside of his teaching. And he told me one day, he said, you got to wrap yourself in your pastor's teaching. Because if you want to see the way they see, you got to hear how they see. Amen. Hallelujah. I've had people say things to me before, and I would tell my wife, they didn't hear that from me. Hallelujah. See, this is so important. It's not that you can't listen to anybody but your pastor, but it's who, who is giving you your direction. Amen? Oh, glory. Acts chapter 2, verse 46 says they continued daily with one accord. Notice they fellowshiped around the Word of God. Breaking bread from house to house. Ate their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. They had a vision for what God had said. And they continued daily in one accord. Hallelujah. Acts 4.24. When Peter and James, or Peter and John, came back and reported all that the, the chief and uh, a priest and the, and the religious leaders had said and threatened them. It says when they reported all of that, notice that they lifted up their voice with one accord. See what it says? In unity. United prayer is a New Testament emphasis because we're designed to operate as one. Hallelujah. Acts 4.32. Notice what it says. It says all them that believe were of one heart, and one soul. One heart and one soul. Amen. Now, see, I will hear people talk about the New Testament model for a church. Here it is. One accord. One heart. One soul. Eating the same thing. Believing the same thing. Exactly. Amen. Do, do, do you see that? And it's, 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 it's not, again, I've had people, you know, act like, well, you know, does that mean I can't listen to anybody else? That's not the point. But you're in unity and oneness and one accord with what God's saying in the local church. Oh, hallelujah. Because the unity of vision and the multiplied growth of the church went hand in hand. You're better off with 25 people that have the vision than 500 that don't know it. Amen. Hallelujah. You get the vision. Get the vision. Do you see that? So, let's ask ourselves, what do I see? Because... Do you see what I see about our buildings and land? See, that's the thing. I was talking to a person one time and telling them about a building that I went to look at. And, and, uh, uh, and I said, but, you know, the buildings wasn't that much bigger than what we have. And they just looked at me and said, well, how big of a building do you need? 
You're not seeing what I see. You're not seeing what I see. You see, you see? Because, because I go look at buildings and, and I think, okay, now think about this. If 500 people showed up next week, do we have facilities to manage that? And how many people would have to be turned away? Right? That's how I look at things. So, do you see this? Do you see what I see about reaching our city? God has given the city into our hands for the preaching of the gospel. Hallelujah. I, 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 I got to see that. Do you see what I see about covering Arkansas? We have no option. From, from this place, cover Arkansas. That's what the Lord said. Amen. Well, how are we going to do that? Well, just hang on. We'll show you. Just stay with the vision. Well, you do know covering Arkansas involves you. Amen. There might be people in here tonight that plant churches. There might be people in here tonight that, that help drive and drive my wife and drive myself to other places so we can preach in other cities in Little Rock. There, amen. That there might be people here that move out of Little Rock and move to another city and pastor a church. Well, Pastor, I don't know if that's me. Well, does, listen, but can you see that that is possibly going to happen? You see what I'm saying? God doesn't bring people and hook them up to a vision just to get them added weight in the Spirit. God brings people and hooks them up with a vision so they can start seeing something and then go act on what they're seeing. And then the efforts are multiplied. Amen. As much as we do in the city in one church, we're still, we're still deficient because it's just one church. We're trying to do things out of one body. But when you got a body over here, and 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 they're all building faith and framing worlds by the Word of God, now you're covering Arkansas. Amen. Am I helping you? Hallelujah. You, you know, when, 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 when David was in the cave of Dullam, and the Bible says that all his brethren, remember it says his brethren came and joined themselves to him, and it says his brethren, and it says they were all in distress, discontented, and in debt. Pastor calls it the three D's. All right? But here's, here's the point. Here's the point that I want to make. So he brings all these people to the cave and hooks them up to a giant killer. And, and what you will find out as you read on in, in those chapters that the Bible says there came a day when David went out to fight and that one of the brothers of Goliath tried to, tried to overtake him 
And it says, he almost killed David and that one of David's brethren came and secured him and took the giant sword away from him and killed him. Right? And then it goes on down a couple verses and says, and -and so-and-so killed the other son of the giant. And then two more verses, and -and so-and-so killed the other son of the giant. And it says, so all five of Goliath's brothers were killed. And guess who it gives the credit to? David. But who killed him? David's men. Why? They got the same anointing and the same power on their life that was on his life. Every time you look at your pastors and you look and you see what God's doing through them, you need to understand that right here tonight, you're sitting and soaking in that same anointing and everything that's happening in their lives can happen in your life. Because you got a vision. You got a vision. Amen. I can't tell you the times I drive over to Agape and just park in the parking lot. I mean, what are they going to do? The only thing they can do is ask me to leave. He said, what are you doing? I'm looking. How'd this happen? How'd this go from 13 acres, 12 acres of nothing to this? I go and I stand on that hill and I tell myself, from this location, the world has been touched. From somebody that didn't even want a pastor. Now you understand? That, that's, that's how precious that is to me. But, but I think, wait a minute. If they can do it debt free, I got that same anointing. I can do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Say, say, say it out loud. Because I can see it, I can do it. Let me hurry. Mm. Do you see as far into the future as I see? In Genesis 13, 14, and 15, it says, The Lord said to Abraham after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward, all the land which, I, which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. So when I tell you the Lord has given the city into our hands for the preaching of the gospel, that's what I see. So, so it's not going to be given. It is given. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Is the vision... As clear to you as it is to me. Look at Mark 8, 23 through 25. Am I helping you? Oh, glory. Mark 8, 23 through 25. It talks about this blind man that Jesus was ministering to. And it says, he took the blind man by the hand, led him out of town. And when he spit on his eyes... And put his hands on him. He asked if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. He put his hands on his eyes again. Made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Do you see the elements of the vision and their value? 
do you see the elements of the vision and their value? Do you see the elements of student ministry and its value? The, the, the elements. One, one element is, of course, fun. One element is, is, you know, entertainment. But the ultimate element is getting the word into our students. Amen. You know, can I, can I tell you this? We have a young man that comes every Wednesday, almost every Wednesday to church. His parents don't go to church. They don't darken the door. Any church, not just ours, any church. And they pull up and drop him off every Wednesday. And he comes in. I'll be standing there at the door. I'll say, hey, how you doing? And he's just such a loving young man. Talk, has all kind of testimonies about how the Lord's blessed him and prospered him. Well, I'm going to say this, and I don't mean this derogatorily, but hear my heart when I say this. He's not learning that anywhere else but here. Now, you see the importance of being back there on Wednesday? Do you understand? Every, every, every time, listen, the, the other night, and, and I'm not going to share all of this, but the, the other night, we were, we were going to, getting ready to go to, to bed, and we were in praying with Lily, and we were praying, I said, all right, now let's take a minute, let's just pray in the Spirit. And Lily started praying in the Spirit, and she started praying in the Spirit, and the Lord started talking to me through what she was saying, and spoke some things to me. And, 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 and I, I got up and was, was meditating on what she, she, the Holy Spirit had said through her. And, and, and then uh, Pastor Michelle came in, into our room and she was getting in bed. And she began to tell me what, some things that Lily had said. And, and I'm, I'm listening to the things that, that she had said. And I thought, that was just the Holy Spirit. Somebody, Miss Gloria, sat in that baby faith builder's room around that little table about knee high and told those little kids you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and you can pray in tongues whenever you want. And Lily got filled with the Holy Ghost in that room. Do you understand the importance of having that available? It's not babysitting. It's not just a place to get our kids out of our hair. It's a place where they're going and learning. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. I, I told her that one day. I said, you know, Lily, you can pray in tongues whenever you want. She goes, I know, Miss Gloria told me. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Do, do you see that? And when you see these little kids over here, and most of them sit over here on service nights, and you see them during worship, they got their hands up. They're not playing. They're, they've been taught to do that. Now what's going to happen when we can expand our facility and we get a bigger room that will hold 50 or 60 kids? What will happen when we expand and get larger? God will fill the larger place because we have a vision. Am I helping you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's no price you can put on those little children walking the aisle in Fort Faith and giving their heart to Jesus. 
We see kids saved back there regularly on a regular basis. And no matter, listen, no matter what, no matter who they meet in their life, it doesn't matter if they meet Kenneth Copeland himself. There is nobody else that will ever be able to say, I introduced them to the eternal living God. But that children's minister, that nursery worker, that youth minister, that's the vision. Hallelujah. Not just kids' church. It's not just babysitting time. It's church. It's, it's ministry. See, if you see that, then you understand the importance of it to me. There are days I'm praying through the church, and I go back there in that nursery, and I unlock it, and I go in there, and I just sit in that, in that rocking chair and just pray. That room means so much to me, because that's where my daughter came to the revelation of who Jesus Christ is, and the Holy Spirit came into her life. I go back there in Fort Faith, and I just pray through that room. Lord, thank you for the children being saved. I go in that youth room, and I say, Lord, thank you for a revival among our students in the name of Jesus students that don't even know they're coming that's what I see amen glory to God you see those elements the Bible college the school of ministry do you see that I tell everyone that comes to the school of ministry uh, I could care less if you pass this class academically. I care if you get a hold of what the Holy Spirit's trying to say, say to you in, in the revelation. If, if you make a hundred on every test, God bless you, thank you. But did you come away with an impartation? Did you come away with an understanding of what God wants to do in your life? Because if you come away with that understanding, then we've done our job. Amen. Do you see that? Do you understand the importance, the, the vision for men's and women's meetings? Why we have them. Not just to get together. Not just to have something to eat and sip some coffee. And so we can be better husbands, better fathers, better grandfathers, better friends, better brothers. Amen. Amen. Do, do, do you understand that? You know, there are so many elements of, of our society well, when you look at it, the, the, the biggest problem we have, the biggest problem we have is men not stepping up and taking their place and being where they're supposed to be. All, all of you wives, and, 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 and if you're here and, and your husband's here, or you're here and your fiance's here, or you're here and, and, and your significant other is here, you ought to praise God because that man is in church. And he's leading his family in the things of God. If your wife's sitting with you, you ought to be glorifying God. Because they're here. They want the things of God. Our vision is strong marriages. Our vision is husbands and wives ministering together. Amen. Well, my husband doesn't want to come to church. Or my wife. Well, we'll just pray him in. Amen. One pastor, when I was growing up, he said, you'll either come to church or I'll pray that the fleas of a thousand camels will descend on your bed tonight. <laughs> that is a lot. Why did he come to church? Old camel lips, he's, here he is. 
Amen. Will you maintain and move forward with the vision? In Numbers 14, 24, the Lord said, But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. His descendants shall possess it. What did he do? He maintained the vision. When they went into the promised land the second time, he went to Joshua and he said, I want you to give me the mountain that Moses, the man of God, promised me. And he said, I'm this day. He said, I'm as strong today at 85 as I was at 40. And he said, I know there's giants on that mountain, but you give me the mountain, I'll drive them out. That, that was the vision. Deuteronomy 136. God's talking to Moses concerning the people. And he says, one translation says, except Joshua, of course, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, he shall see it, and to him and to his children I will give the land upon which he has walked, because he's wholly followed the Lord. Holy followed the Lord. Can you maintain, will you maintain, and move forward with the vision? Vision, vision doesn't drive you. Vision motivates you. And we're going to wrap this up in just a moment. But th this, this, is such an important point. Will you maintain and move forward with the vision? What, what do I see? What's my vision? What, what do I see? And when I go work in the AV department, what do I see? Do, do I just see that, you know, well, I'm back here and I'm helping Brother Richard and, and I, you know, I mean, we need somebody. I went over it a little bit today, but I met with a realtor, when was it, Friday, Friday mid-morning, and I was looking at a piece of property, and uh, he said, when you called me and told me where y'all were, he told me a couple things he did. He said, first of all, I went and looked at your building, and uh, he, he was asking me about the building, and then he said, then I logged on YouTube and checked out your YouTube channel. He was telling me what a good following we had on YouTube. Then he was telling me about, you know, how he'd watched a couple things and he enjoyed what the Lord was doing. But here recently I got, I got our YouTube statistics for the year. And, uh, you know, th this past year there were people, there was 336,000 minutes of sermons watched on our YouTube channel. 336,000 minutes. Now, that's just YouTube. We, we average 30,000 minutes a, a month watched on YouTube. Just on YouTube. Now, just on YouTube, people are watching us from Canada, South Africa, and all over America. Now, that's not, that's not including just our live stream because we have, we have statistic, statistics available to us on our live stream from our, from our, uh, our uh, internet provider 
that tells us people are watching us from Ireland, England, Israel, South Africa, all over the world. Amen. So what I'm saying is, so when you go work in the AV department, you're touching the world. From here. Yeah, I, the, the other day, we got a phone call from a lady in Honolulu, Hawaii, that's watching us in Hawaii and called for prayer. Hallelujah. So see, it's more than just, I'm going to turn the camera on because we want to live stream our services. Somebody from the other side of the world is going to click on that program and hear the good news. When I first started live streaming our services, I had people ask me, why? Why would we want to do that? When we started live streaming our services, I figured out what we needed to do, the equipment that we needed, and I ordered it. I did not know how to make it work. You say, so what'd you do? I wheeled it all into my wife's office, and I said, here. Here. Work a miracle. You say, what'd she do? She did. She got it all hooked up and working. And if you ask her how she did it, she said, I pushed buttons. But here's my point. Here's my point. Now listen, here's my point. I didn't have nobody behind that vision. This is what God told me. My mode of operation is I'm not going to wait for people to decide they're for what I want to do. I'm going to go do it. And you can cut bait or fish, up to you. But we're, we're, going to, we're going to do what God said to do. Amen. And you know, God started bringing people that wanted to help out in that department and people that were knowledgeable, and right? Amen. And I, and I said this morning, we're working on right now, updating the board here in Little Rock to the, the, the kind of board that that we, we bought in the Kansas location uh, here not too long ago, all digital, everything digital, amen. Oh, Brother David, it's nice, praise the Lord. You, you set the levels on a person's mic, and, and, and if somebody else uses that mic and you got to change the levels, when that other person takes the mic, you punch a button and it all goes back where it was. Amen. And we're going to have a sound engineer come in and set all of our sound so we can live stream the whole service, including the music. Why is that important? Because I want people to see God's doing some wonderful things. And I believe with all of my heart that we have a responsibility to present the most excellent and quality pre presentation that we can. Amen. Do, do, do you understand that? So you're not just sitting back there running a camera. You're giving my wife, myself, whoever's ministering behind this pulpit, a window into somebody's life so they can speak the Word of God into their life. Hallelujah. Do you see that? And this eternal gospel has the ability... It's the only thing. There can be people sitting, 
scrolling through YouTube that don't know Jesus. Living their life for themselves and have lived their life for themselves all their life. And they click on that and they say, hmm, let me see what this is. And in 30 seconds, their life's changed. Because you chose to run a camera. Because you chose to work in the AV department. James Alexander sits right here. And, and by his own testimony, you've heard him say, by his own testimony, his life was a mess. He wasn't, wasn't making any advancement. And, and he pulled in the parking lot out here. And he saw, he saw all y'all coming into church looking real nice. And he said, I'm not going in there in my jeans. Is that right? Irma Simpson and the greeter saw him. Turn around and leave. And Irma grabbed hands with the greeters and said, let's just pray that he'll come back. And they prayed that he would come back. He got down there around Coles, Burlington. One of them. And the Lord said, I told you to go back to that church. And he came back to the church and got out. And Mary Barlow was in the parking lot. And what did you say to her? Said, can anybody go in there? Mary said, well, they let me in, so... No, 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 no. She said, yeah, anybody can come in. Now, now, here's the point that I'm making to you. The next Wednesday, the Lord had me go up to James and say, I am your pastor, right? And, and that's when he got solidified here. But listen, listen, I'm not the one that got him here. The greeters got him here. The greeters got not me. Not me, the greeter. The greeters prayed. I didn't know him. I didn't even know he was here. But they did. I said they did. Hallelujah. You know what a blessing it is when I'm praying for people and those ushers are standing behind people praying in the Holy Ghost? Got godly, holy men and women helping. You know what a blessing that is? I, I don't have to worry that they've been dabbling and dibbling and doing things they shouldn't be doing. Amen. It's so important. I'll leave you with this story. Can I tell you one more story? There was a lady that, that, that when I started, when we started the ministry, she was a part of our ministry. Her name was Rosemary Allred. And Rosemary Allred uh, was a wonderful woman. And uh, she was married, her husband's name was James. And James was a heathen from the word go. And uh, boy, he wouldn't come to church, and he was a belligerent heathen. I mean, belligerent. And, uh, but I found out he liked to play golf. And so I've never been a good golfer. I, I, I mean, I've tried my hand at it, but it's kind of boring to me. If you like golf, don't get mad at me, but it's kind of boring. And uh, I like to run and shoot stuff and hit stuff and do stuff. But in any event, if you like it, I'm not running it down. But I, I went for him because it could give me a connection to him. And uh, the, the point is he eventually got cancer. And, and, and he was stubborn, and he, and he wouldn't go have anything done, and so it got too far, and, and then they couldn't do nothing. And the long and short of it is, is I was able to make sure that he was ready to go uh, 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 be with the Lord, and I believe he did go to be with the Lord. But here's my point in telling this message, this story. 
is Rosemary came to, at then it was FBIMA, now it's FBSOM, but FBIMA. And uh, at the end of, of, of the second year, uh, the students write what is called a ministry positioning paper. And meaning they, they, they go through the Word and, and they, they look at the ministry offices and they define from the Word of God where they believe they fit in. Well, it doesn't have to be an a, a apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. It could, it could be a, a singer. It could be a helps minister or whatever. Rosemary came to me and she said, I've went through the Word and I don't have a teaching gift. And I'm not a singer, which we knew that. But she said, I'm, I'm, I believe I'm, my calling is helps ministry. I said, I believe that. Well, she got involved in the greeters department. And uh, she was just there. If she wasn't helping in the greeters, if she wasn't on the schedule, she was just there doing whatever she could do. And uh, the, the day came, Rosemary passed away. And uh, uh, we had her funeral at the church. And man, it was standing room only. It was you on the usher team then. It was standing room only. I mean, people lined up out the door into the foyer all along the walls. Uh, we had people sitting on the platform. And, and uh, uh, of course, Rosemary, her casket was right here. And we had different people speaking. And here's something that blessed me so much. We had people come up, and, and, and the question was, because I, I wanted this to be heard, the question was, what convinced you to stay at Faith Builders, that this was the church for you, to a person, Rosemary Allred? I came to church, and she greeted me, and she loved me, and she hugged me. One guy, Steve Pitnick, he got born again in our jail ministry and, and had just never been in church, had never been to church ever, never been to church ever. If you've never met anybody that's never been to church I haven't, and he had never been to church. And, 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 and he came to church with his jail Bible, the Bible he had gotten in jail. And, and the only thing he knew to tell him was, uh, uh, I got saved in Pastor Seal's Bible study, and this is his church, so this is where I want to be. And Rosemary just reached out and hugged him and started crying, and he started crying. Amen. You know none of those people said it was your great sermon? Or it was the wonderful worship. That's all important. But what I want you to see, do you see that there was one woman that had no teaching ability, had no preaching ability, had no talent whatsoever outside of, of her personality that caught the vision and at her home going, every person said, it was her influence on me that convinced me this was my church. Do you realize when you catch the vision, you can be the person that causes people to come and sit down in these chairs so that the gospel we preach can affect their lives? When you're a children's minister and you're ministering to children in the nursery or the children's church or the youth ministry, amen, and, the, and parents see that their children are being touched, those parents will load those kids back up and bring them back to church and eventually mom and dad will come and sit in these chairs and they'll hear the eternal gospel that can change their life because you caught the vision and you administer to their kids. And I'll finish with this. You know, when kids are growing up nowadays, kids go to many churches. And a lot of times they go, they go, they go to churches 
And people are not so interested in whether they know Jesus or not because they think that, that you know, the, the child's too young to understand what's going on. You know, the devil doesn't think that way. And the same children that the church many times will say they don't understand, the devil's trying to destroy their life with things that they don't understand. And we have the answer. We have the answer. If you'll just catch the vision and say, I'm going to do my part, can change everybody, change their life. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, listen, if you have your items that you're believing God for this year, what you want to give in the night of giving and your mark off, your nice to have. Let's stand on our feet tonight. We want to hold these up to the Lord. And if you're here with your spouse or your husband, your wife, let's just hold them up together. Father, we've heard much tonight about the vision. We believe that we're going to do all that you've called us to do. But Father, tonight we lift these items up that we're placing on our vision list for 2023. And Lord, I come into agreement with your people according to Matthew 18 and 19. That whatsoever two of you shall agree on earth as concerning anything, it shall be done for them of our Father which is in heaven. And I just come into agreement with them that they shall see that amount come in to give. They will see those mark-offs and those nice-to-haves. It shall occur in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you, I'll say that. I thank you that upon the ministers present, a fresh anointing. A fresh anointing. And when you have the opportunity to minister, it shall be like a fresh well has been uncovered. And you will minister living water in a manner that you've never ministered it before. And 2023, for the ministers that are present, those that are desirous to be used in the ministry, you shall see something. You shall see a fresh revelation that begins to come upon you. And it will be so simple. It will be so easy. And in the midst of that, the Lord says, give me the praise and give me the glory. Because the works that will be done will be many. And they will be multiplied as you catch the vision and as you walk in the anointing. Whew. Because my word says that by the hands of the apostles were mighty works done. But I said, the Lord says, that that same authority and same power was given to believers. And you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And you'll cast out devils. And you'll see great victory. So prepare for an increase. Increase of anointing. 
increase of revelation. Whew. And when you stand to minister, there will be times that when something comes out of your mouth, you'll be tempted to say, did I say that? Yes, you did. And it came up out of your spirit. So fresh anointing on these ministers. Fresh anointing on these men and women of God that minister the word. Fresh anointing on our leaders. Fresh anointing on our children's pastors. Fresh anointing on our baby builders' pastors. Fresh anointing on our youth pastors. For you'll need the anointing for the numbers that are coming. Mm. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we receive that. Oh, we give you the praise and the glory. Mm. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just take a moment and just reach over to the person next to you. Just put your hand on them. Just pray for them. Take a moment, just pray for them. Pray, pray, pray the things of God on their life. Pray for them. Pray for a turn of those things in their life. Pray for a closeness with God. Pray for fresh revelation. Father, we just pray for our brothers and sisters. We pray for unity. We pray for oneness. We pray for oneness in mind, in spirit, in soul, in direction, in vision. Oh, Father, we hold them up in the name of Jesus. Bless their marriage. Bless their family. Bless their children. Oh, Father, minister to them in the name of Jesus. Heal their bodies. Lord, we pray for each other. You said in your word, Father, that we should pray one for another to be healed. So, Father, we just come together as a body and we thank you for touching your people, healing your people, delivering your people. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take a moment and just tell them, I love you in the Lord. Amen. Tell them one more time, I love you in the Lord.